Warning, you never know what's going to pop out of our mouth. We may or may not use inappropriate language. But you, if you know us, you can guarantee we probably are. Warning. the first time listening to us welcome 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 to our podcast may is mental health awareness month yes very important it is very important people don't talk about it enough Mm-mm. one in five adults in the u.s experience some type of mental illness mm-hmm So if you're sitting in a room right now, or if you're at work listening to us, or if you're on the freeway, there's more more than five people on Mm -hmm. them. One Mm -hmm. in five. Look around you. It's so important to talk about mental health because back in the day, it wasn't okay. It wasn't okay to talk about mental health. No, and I feel like it was almost like they tried to like eradicate it. Like it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. We're going to ignore it. Well, that's where if you had any sort of mental illness, you went and they tried to fix your brain. Fix your brain. Shock your brain. Yep. No matter what it was. Yeah. That was the answer. Yep. Well, let me tell you, those answers didn't quite pan out very well. No, it did not. And also, it was a horrible treatment. Over the years, they kind of made it where it wasn't okay. Society didn't make it okay. Right. It made it like it was like a it was a horrible thing, a bad thing, a bad thing. It's not. So let's talk about the do's and don'ts really quickly of talking about mental illness, Mm -hmm. somebody who is suffering, somebody who is battling, somebody that couldn't, that is in the process of maybe being diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some people who aren't aware of their own mental illness. And there's some people that won't get help because it's not okay in their brain to talk about it. Yeah. Doesn't, it could be whatever they were brought up around, Mm -hmm. what they grew up around, that being their family, their friends, their, their school situation, all that stuff. So a lot of times people use labels. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And this is a don't. That's what our society loves, are labels. This is a don't because this is one thing. It's like triggering. It's Yeah, it's like triggering or I'm not going to get help because, you know. Right. Using the words crazy, nuts, not normal, psycho, schizo, loony. Don't use those words. It, what it's, you, it's very hurtful. The whole saying words don't hurt. Words hurt and you don't know the magnitude of what those words that you're saying impacts other people. But what you do do, you use words that show acceptance. Yes. Of course. Acceptance. And this is going to be a key thing throughout this whole month of May mm-hmm. is acceptance. Mm-hmm. That's our... What do you... On, on Sesame Street, there was a word, That's right? our word of that, the day. That's our word of the month, acceptance. Yes. That's right. Don't every, every human being deserves to be accepted. Correct. Every one of us, every stinking one of us, don't use stigmatizing language. Yeah, don't use stigmatizing language. 
that labels people. So we're going to give you an example of what that means. Because this is going to be something all month that you're going to hear on those that are spreading awareness of mental health illnesses. Mm -hmm. They're going to be using this word and you're not going to know what it means. So we're going to tell you what it means. Examples. She's depressed. He's bipolar. She commits suicide. Don't do that. You have to use the person first. The person is the key role when you're trying to talk about mental illness. It's more personal. Mm -hmm. First, it's the person, Mm -hmm. then the illness. Right. One thing is you need to make sure you're separating that. Let's say a, a little tiny child has something. They, they don't say that that is the, the, the child, right? Mm-hmm. That is the child. Example of cancer. That's not the person. Right. Okay. So it's the same thing. Same thing applies when you're talking about mental health mm-hmm. illnesses. What you do do is say, she has depression. Mm-hmm. He has bipolar disorder. And right there, it defines in two separate cases, he and then the disorder. So example of the don't is he's bipolar. What you do do is you say he has bipolar disorder. And I think um, what would make that even a better statement is just significantly actually saying their name individually. Yeah. So like if it was like Sarah, Sarah has anxiety or mm-hmm. Jewel has depression. Yes. Um, I feel like that's the most important thing is just like recognizing it from the actual person person. A lot of times I even hear it on the news. I see it on social media. She committed suicide. You, that's not okay to be using that statement. What you do do, she died by suicide. Now, what you did is you split that up. Well, because also when you're saying committed, like that's a, you got to look up that word of meeting, like committed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'm hearing unlived. She unalived. She unalived. Right there, you've just now. And that's some people who have a struggle with saying death. Right. They did not recognize suicide. Suicide. Mm -hmm. And it's. You need to recognize it. And it's crazy because on some platforms that I've seen, because you're saying you've seen it too, is. And I think people on these platforms like Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook perhaps I don't really use it but when you even use the word suicide you could even get banned so TikTok and Instagram will ban you from even using that word so you have to like s- work around trying to say it mm-hmm. because it's not accepted but yeah it needs to be talked about one key thing is to not minimize what people are going through a lot of times that is happening Mm -hmm. because in their brain, it's like, oh, well, that's nothing but a thing. Right. And that's not okay. Where it's like, oh, just do this and you'll be fine. Yeah. Just do this or just brush it off. You just fell down, brush it off. Yeah. I hate that. So when somebody's going through mental, a mental health illness, just know that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. You need to practice empathy and be mindful of others. That's all you have to do. That's a huge thing for society. I think is just being aware of your surroundings and the people that are around you and noticing. And I think there needs to be a lot more people who stick up against bullies and that bully behavior And then that will change soon enough. 
And I feel like each generation I feel like is getting better and better. Like I feel like your generation was better than before for bullying. Like bullying was really bad back then. Bullying was bad when. And I mean, it's still bad and it's just like progressively, it's just different. But like, I feel like now it's, I'm hoping so more so now that people are sticking up and saying, Hey, no, stop like those kind of things, because I, there needs to be more of that. And there needs to be more of just letting people be just letting them be. And I feel like for people who are in your closer circle and they know you struggle with mental illness, um, of any sort, they need to be a really huge support in that on what triggers you, what doesn't trigger you, what can, you know, you could benefit from what you don't benefit from. Like, so I think it's very key for a person's mental health. I mean, it's, it's people say it's always about you, but it's also who you're surrounded by and making sure that they're not dimming your light too. Right. That they're helping you see the light and things. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I'm hoping that made sense. <laughs> totally made sense. And that's a key thing is to make sure to surround yourself with, Positive encouragement. Yeah. When we're talking about our lights dimming down, positivity can lift you up. Mm-hmm. And by constantly having such a negative around you feels like a heavy weight yeah. almost, mm-hmm. like a heavy weighted blanket. Yeah. So that is a key, very, very key. Yeah. Before we continue, remember we have a Music and Talk show over on Spotify. It's very fun. Music and Talk with What the F is Lady Like. We just tried to make sure we caught up on that. Mm-hmm. We have a new episode. We'll yep. put that link down in, in the Pacific Northwest. That's right. And we're going to be doing another one. Another Some one. good stuff on there, guys. Take You guys should take a listen. If you do not have Spotify Premium, get a hold of us. We will gift you a three or six months subscription to it. So that way you can check us out. Yes. We have new merch. We just posted new merch. We have two new shirts. Very exciting. Very exciting. One of them is happening. This show, we're going to talk about our own mental health. Mm-hmm. Then the next weeks to come, we're going to focus on different mental health illnesses. Mm -hmm. And we're going to really talk about each one of them. But today we're going to talk about our struggles. Jewel's struggles, Sarah's struggles. Because one key thing is to make sure it is okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And if we can talk about it, you guys can talk about it. Now, I understand your mental health illnesses. You don't have to talk about it. No. It helps to talk it's about it. whenever you're ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jewel gets to go first. Tag your it, Jewel. Tag Yay. your it. Um, I think first for me, I think I have to put like a trigger warning. Mine's pretty like dark and bad. And I've, I've done some things. So, trigger warning. If uh, you guys can't handle self-harm or any of that kind of stuff, it's going to be discussed on my end. So if it's too much for you, maybe skip. Don't listen to my part. Um, I struggle or deal with all sorts of different mental illnesses um, and some that I feel like I haven't even been diagnosed with yet. But... um, Mine that it is like the forefront that I deal with on a daily basis that I have to like overcome and get through every day would be my major depressive disorder, which is depression. But I have like whatever clinical major depression is what I have. And it's a struggle. Um, it is some depends on the day and stuff and kind of depends on what triggers it sometimes is what I'll feel differently. Um, it could be certain for me, it's a lot of like environmental things and like 
sometimes itemized things that could trigger me for depression. Um, but what I feel like when I'm in it is feels at first, it feels like this heaviness, not even on my chest. I would say a lot. Some people say chest, but it's like on my stomach. And then like, sometimes I feel like I can't breathe. And then, um, in my head, there's just this something and I still haven't discovered what to call it, but there's just something that just takes over me. And, um, I am just like what you kind of, t- I'm just sad and super, super sad. And sometimes like I can just play it up and just like pretend and put a smile on my face. And then there's sometimes I can't. And there's some things where my depression gets so, so much to where I end up um, self-harming myself. And me, the way I've described it for myself is, is that to me is um, I haven't had any sort of any addiction, but that would be my addiction. That's my crunch. That's something that I struggle with to this day. And I've struggled with since I was a young child. Um, and self-harming that's could be anything that's cutting myself. That also could be burning myself. That could be grabbing onto my thighs really tightly with my own hands, anything that causes me a physical pain to just kind of distract my brain. That's how I describe it. Like it's a distraction. I kind of give myself pain somewhere else. So I don't feel it up here and it makes me feel better in a bad way, but it does. And so I've kind of described my situation as a, an addiction and it's my crunch that I go to when I am sad and depressed and it's not a healthy thing. Um, but it is my thing that I've had and I, I don't know, I've probably struggled with it since I was in elementary school. Then what comes into play with that Cause I feel like all my mental illnesses kind of coincide together. Um, my PTSD. So I have really, I have really, really bad PTSD from trauma that's happened in my past that I don't have to dive into, but I had had many traumas. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I can say, it's been a lot of male trauma. So I have a really bad relationship with males. And so very triggering um and then um yeah so I just have different things that trigger that PTSD which then brings on my anxiety Mm -hmm. so certain situations so there's something that um for some people they're like oh Joel how do you just like it's kind of like those words that people say that you're talking about like oh you could do it just do it and it's getting my driver's license and driving on the road Some people that's easy. That's like, Oh, just do it for me. It literally causes me a panic attack. And what people don't realize is she was in an accident with her aunt Michelle when she was young Mm -hmm. and she, and I've been in accidents since then, since then too. But that was a really bad one. Yeah. It was a really bad one. But yeah, I, I've just, I guess, yeah, I had a bad relationship with vehicles. I've had accidents like even when I was a teenager, um, I got rear-ended really bad, messed my neck up. Um, it's not even even stuff that I've even been involved in. It's been other people like my brother's been in car accidents. My partner's been in car accidents. You've been in accidents. So it's like, and then I see drivers and I see the road ragers and it causes me so much anxiety. And some people are literally like, just do it. You'll be fine. And I'm like, Okay, but like I'm really actually not. And I think you guys see that anxiety just as a passenger driver. Um, but yeah, like these are those are my things that I deal with on a sh- daily daily basis. <clears throat> something that I something that I haven't been diagnosed with, but I feel like I definitely have and you guys have called me it and I definitely can recognize it is OCD. Yes. <clears throat> yes, I can uh, and it and that is, that's a stereotypical thing, too, whereas some people will say OCD looks like one thing where it's not. OCD looks like so many different things in people. I definitely think I have that. I 100% agree with you. I think that you do have some 
sort of because it's it's like a it's what is it ocd is over compulsive disorder or something i'm gonna yes so in and i will give one example really quickly before you you continue is she can start on something have to have it all the same let's talk about tupperware all the same Another thing is if something is so overwhelming for her and she's looking at it and it's not organized, she will stop, stop organizing it, go to something else, then go back. And then, and then she's got five things that she's trying to organize at the same time. Like she started doing one and then she went over to the other and then she's like so overwhelmed. And then she's like, oh my gosh, what about, I mean. Am I telling the story yes. right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's kind of like it even explains like the kids' room. Like, and that's the whole thing is people will look at like OCD, like they're like over cleaners or something, which that's isn't not true. Isn't true. It's when I go and I do the task, I'm like, okay, I got to get it done. Like it has to be this way. And like, I, for, for example, the tubware thing, it really gets me. Um, because, um, specifically the tubware I've have it, I have to have it in certain places. And when it goes out of order, I I kind of lose it. Yeah, she loses it. She loses. Wait, how do we properly say that? What is the do of this? She, Jewel, loses her, her fucking mind <laughs> when the Tupperware. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And I don't know. For me, and it's the same thing with kids' rooms. Like I feel like there's a place for everything, and then when it gets out of place, it just goes and it, my wiring and my brain just goes bananas. And then when when it's so overwhelming for her, when she opens it, she opens the door and the kids just destroy the mm-hmm. room and she goes in there and it's like she has to walk back out because mm-hmm. it's going to be so overwhelming. It for does. Her. It causes me like a panic attack. And um, I used to be really bit bad at this one, but I've gotten better about it, like with matching but I've gotten more better with that, which is like being fun with colors and stuff like that, where I used to think like my shirt had to match my shoes to like my everything, like to the her socks. Yeah. Like the socks had to match. And so even if her socks weren't being shown. Yeah. And so everybody would always come up to me like, do I li- do I match? Do I match? Do I match? And then like there was a problem with we had mulch done one time and there was two different color mulches and it bugged me the whole season. We had the mulch and I would comment on it every single day. But like. I don't know why I just had to make a comment on it every single yeah, day. Yeah, one one bag was a different color than, than it was like the other. it was like it's a like brighter a different batch. It was like a brighter color. One was a darker color, yeah. and it was just not having it. So yeah. yeah, those are just my daily struggles. So let me ask you a few questions here. Let me just ask you just a little few questions. So as far as harming yourself, you've cut yourself, mm-hmm. you've burnt yourself. Mm-hmm. What have you? What steps have you taken? to to try and better yourself in that way um one thing is changing i guess my frame of thinking because i went and it i it's not easy it's not gonna happen for people overnight but for me it was kind of retraining my brain into saying i don't want to die i want to live for these purposes these reasons and so instead of saying the negative stuff about myself being like because I have I have so many things wrong with me my health and all this stuff so like I'm always like I'm gonna die I'm not gonna live I'm da 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 and I was always okay with death and then um even more so than just my kids I had to find reasons within myself to want to live um and so it's kind of just a daily reminder to myself of who I am and what I bring to this world. Yes. And it's easier said than done. Trust right, me. Right. What gets you out of when you slip into the depression without trying to harm yourself by cutting yourself or what are the key things that can help you? Do you go through the cycle of the depression stage and then is there something that can trigger it out? 
there yes and again mine's not going to look like everybody else's because everybody's situation is different and i know some people may just be like oh whatever um the person there's a person that has actually really really saved me and that's my daughter so you hold on to her and that helps you through and it lifts you up before she even had a voice i would just imagine her talking to me Mm -hmm. and she saved me for sure so holding on to something or somebody yeah, can, could, can be beneficial. Because like for some people, it could be a dog. A dog, sometimes they feel like their dog talks to them. And, right. that, and I've had that before. My previous dog that I had growing up saved me. Yeah. And so, I mean, and it could be an object. It doesn't, it, everybody's thing is different. It could be a stuffed animal that somebody's had since they were mm. a child or whatever it may be. But for me, my daughter. I have one more question. One of the biggest things that I've witnessed with society is a lot of people try to shove religion down one's throat Yeah. to saying, well, if you do these things, this is going to help you with your mental health. Like this you'll is be gonna, saved, you'll be You're going to be saved. Yeah. How do you feel when you're going through your depression um i think for i don't want to speak for most but for majority of people who deal with mental illnesses it's not very curable it's with them for life it's something that they have to live with for the rest of their life and how they have to navigate their life within society and so to say that something or one thing is the do all cure all and just going to save you is not true. And I, and that's to be with medication. And that is also with to be as a person as where I said before, my daughter has saved me out of things, but she is not the person who is completely saving me. I am, I am responsible for saving myself. I am responsible for taking the action and the steps to do what I need to do to make sure that I am living a healthy, happy, mindful life. It's not the job or responsibility for someone else to do that. Does it help you talk about your, does it help to talk about your mental health illnesses? Does it help you or does it make you feel embarrassed? Does it, how does Um, that make you feel? Two ways. In one way, it does make me feel embarrassed when people, when you open up and talk about your illnesses and things that you're truly opening up about your truce and people kind of shut it down and diminish it. But then it is also a beautiful thing when you share these things and you can find people that you can relate to and talk to and find and, and you're not alone. I think that is the biggest thing is sharing t- and finding people to make sure you're not alone. Yeah. It, because a lot of these illnesses make you feel alone right. and it's could be the voices in your head telling you that. Um, but to talk about it more and more in society and to recognize and realize that more and more people deal with these things than we realize. And even more so than people want to own up to it. Right. Because whether people want to acknowledge mental illness in themselves, I feel like majority of people deal with it in some sort of degree. And so I feel like their stats are way off. Yeah. I think more than one in five adults uh, experience. If you live in America, I feel like everybody (laughs) deals with mental health illness. We all have PTSD living here. (laughs) Speaking of PTSD, that's what I suffer with is PTSD. I haven't been diagnosed with clinical depression, but I have been diagnosed with PTSD and an anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. to the extent where sometimes I feel like I can't breathe Mm -hmm. and it feels like I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. Um, So my uh, mental health illness started uh, pretty young from things that I experienced, people being mean in school when I lived in Chicago. And I didn't really know how bad that that, stuck with me through my life you know like your society that you were brought up around yeah so i lived here in portland Mm -hmm. 
Um, my father got a job in Chicago. We moved to Chicago, and the children were way different there. And then when when we moved in different way, would you say like more outspoken or like what? In what they were ways? just kind of mean. Just meaner. Yeah, they were very mean. Like judge, and it, more judgmental. You were would you outsider. Say? I mean, they even said to me, "You came from Oregon." I mean, do they are they still driving around with a horse and mm-hmm. and a car? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and then I came back here. Then I was in the Clackamas school district, right? See, and, when you say that, it, it kind of reminds me of like you know when people would be coming from Kansas mm-hmm. and they'd be like, "Oh, you're not from Kansas," and they'd always make those jokes. So what, I feel like that could get to you. Yeah. So what that did to me is I never got really close to people. Yeah. And that's what ended up happening is I never really got close, but I was able to be friends with a lot of different people, different, you know, I didn't judge people because one thing about me is I already experienced that through Chicago. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the last thing I was going to do. So Whatever. So you looked at something and you were like, I don't want to be like that. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck that. And so I was friends with everybody, yeah. but not really close to anybody. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And even though you would have best friends, it wasn't really like that yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And I just wouldn't let people in. Um, I had, you know, I dated and, you know, I had, I had lost really, I lost people really young. Mm-hmm. Couldn't really have an attachment you know be in and i learned that at such a young age like people leaving like people dying dying yeah Mm -hmm. and so i learned that at such a young age and so i never could really get attached to people Mm -hmm. and never really let people like a like a connection Yeah. yeah 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 but on the outside it was different on the inside, what, what you what you presented was different, right? Yeah, right. Than right. what you were going through inside. Yeah. Then I went through some traumatic stuff, which I I, I am able to talk about now. I was raped, and I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. But that was not easy on me, mm-hmm. and I went down a road of hell. I it, witnessed it. I went down a road of hell and came back. Mm-hmm. You try to numb yourself any way you can. You try to figure out a way to deal and just exist. And I feel like how one copes with situations is different than others. Right. And so you cannot judge anybody for the way that they dealt with a situation. And and I will be honest. I took to drinking. I took to trying to numb myself and not to, you know, be here. I I would repeat in my head over and over and over and over. So I wanted to get that out and not have to feel that. Mm -hmm. Now, I took it upon myself. uh, This is not the way I want to live my life. And I did that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that the PTSD is not still there. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that I don't battle every single day of my life. There are certain things I don't do. Uh, If I don't feel uh, comfortable I will not do it. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm asked if it if it presents some anxiety to me, I will not do it. Mm-hmm. And that's because number one, I do not want to ever go back to the way I was. Right. Number two, I don't want to put myself into a situation where I'm going to have a panic attack. And until one goes through the actual experiences of everything being okay with you in that moment to tripping into a full-blown panic attack. Yeah. Now, is that a way to live my life? I don't know. But, but it, it's not up to other people's to decide that. It's up to you. Right. It's up to you what you feel comfortable and doing your journey and path in life. Yeah. Sometimes I would prefer to be in a crowded room and sometimes I would prefer not to be with anybody. You know, and I don't know if that's my PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of times uh, I just have flashback memories and everything is like perfect in my life and uh, everything's rolling along and I just get these flash and then you see me like retreating back to when I was a kid. Like I'm just going to distance myself Mm -hmm. away from everybody. 
Mm-hmm. And I revert back to that mm-hmm. all the time. I revert back to that. Or I just feel like I want to be in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do that. I think it's like, I think that's like a coping thing mm-hmm. for your brain. It's telling yourself, oh, I'm doing this to feel safe. And there's sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in a loud like restaurant and you hear the Oof. clanging of the dishes and all of this and it's mm-hmm. off into the distance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's what I hear is off in the distance and somebody could be sitting right there next to me talking mm-hmm. and it's off in the distance and mm-hmm. I have like shut down mm-hmm. and that happens to me all the time. The scariest part is having a panic attack driving down the road and that's happened to me and it, you try to get it together. So when you've had those, have you had to just pull off yep. to the road yep. and, and just it, like, just, and you, then, and then sometimes lately, you know, with, um, the crime and everything I'll pull off and then I go, I'm not safe here. Yeah, gotta and then the I got it. I got to go. And you know what I mean? I make sure I'm okay. And then I go back and, and so does getting fresh air help you? Yes. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of things that, that help me but mm-hmm. then there's a lot of things right now with the way crime is i can't so, do exactly so then you're like so i feel like me. so i'm like stuck because then i'm then i put myself in another situation where i'm panicky yeah. you know so you know one thing is exercise go for a walk do that but if there is crime all on the road how can i do that exactly because it's bringing your already anxiety yeah. about that yeah yeah you have my feeling safe to just go on a walk <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, there's plenty of things that um, I've done now to figure out, especially through COVID through. Um, so, but like when you're driving and you're doing that, what would you say is the best thing to keep you focused to where you're not going to hurt yourself or someone else when you're having that? I physically, you know, people probably look at me when I'm driving down the road, but I physically out loud say to myself, you are Okay. So you right speak now, it out loud. you are okay, Sarah. You are okay. Nothing is happening to you right now. And you do you do you say to yourself like the good things that are happening, like this, like you're driving. You're Not safe. at that time yet. No. Not that. But at you're that you're just saying you're okay. I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awesome. At that time when I'm going through it, it's it's hard to relate to anybody else at that moment. Mm-hmm. So the the key focus, because I think I did try to try to ground myself and reach to uh, someone, but it wasn't a reality for me. Like I was alone. I'm always alone mm-hmm. and it's only you. And so But do you tell yourself like I'm driving, nobody hit me or like do you say anything like those positive like kind of things. So in your head? I'm always telling myself what I, like in this this very moment, Sarah, you're okay. And I'm mm-hmm. actually saying the words out loud of my voice. Yeah. You are okay. It now if the panic attack is so bad where you can't get your breath to even talk. To even talk, that's yeah. a different situation. Yep. That's when you're trying to use your senses to I'm always trying to like grab my fingers, rub my fingers. You know, make sure I'm tapping my fingers, tapping my nails, tapping, doing something and then controlling. And then when when I can't breathe, I focus on the center part of right above my eyes in between like your forehead. And I sit there and I focus right there and I picture green. Always. So you look at your forehead? So or or you press it no i'm i'm in my brain just focusing on that one spot and i'm turning it green and i'm turning it green and i'm turning it green and i is that just you individually me individually inside my brain i'm like focusing focusing until i can get the the that feeling that feeling to where if when you're having a panic attack feels like you're having a you know heart attack and you can't breathe and until i can get it my breathing down and then all of a sudden once I once I f- feel that then I start crying right afterwards mm. and everything has like tensed up on my body it, everything's locked and then you feel sore and after. then and then you feel sore yeah and then then I start going 
you're okay. Yeah. Sarah, you're okay. Nothing is happening to you right now. Whatever happened, whatever triggered this to happen, happened to you before. It is not happening right now. And would you say that each of your anxiety attacks that you've had or panic attacks you've had has been to a different degree? Like some have been just minor and then some have been very severe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Some have been so severe where I could not uh, work. Yeah. And it's different. Each trigger could be different. Yeah. Each one. And not only do I have, you know, from you know, being a survivor, mm-hmm. but I also broke my back a, a, a while ago, like seven, eight, nine years ago. So you have health PTSD. So I have health PTSD mm-hmm. when I have pain Yep. and little triggers will happen to me because I can't do certain things. Like I can't play softball anymore and I yeah. used to be heavily into softball. I Does it bring you down when you think about that? Yeah. And it does. It does. Because you're like, I want to do these. Yeah. Things. And even, bef- you know, people will look at me like, you used to be so fit. You used to be this. You used to be that. And they don't understand what I went through. And those are those words. Those are those the words. The used to be. It's used like, to be, well, I, be, I'm, I am this be. now. And that's who I yeah. am. Yeah. And and I don't have to explain myself nope. why I can't do certain things. No. And, you know, as soon as, um, as soon as, like, if my leg goes numb or something like that, because when I broke my back, they told me you're never going to walk again. You're never mm-hmm. going to do this. You're not. And I'm like, well, fuck you. I am too. Yeah. And you saw me day, day after surgery. I'm like, nope, get my ass up because I mean, yeah, I couldn't walk. I had to have a walker. I had to have, but well, I you did. Cu- you couldn't walk, but you, you, you did more than what the average person was supposed to be doing. Right. I mean, I have do- I have donor people's bone in me with, you know, everything. You would, you would, you, I remember you were supposed to be in bed for the longest time, but then you put on that back brace thing that you'd have to strap around you and you'd have your walker and you would like walk down the hallway and you weren't supposed to do that. Right. But I did it. And... You know, I didn't quite have all my feeling back, but you're, and I never truly got all of my feeling back, but your muscles in your, your brain are pretty powerful. Well, I kind of feel that to a certain extent, not fully to you because where you got your, your, that's your spine. Yeah. That's your fucking spine. Um, I can only relate to like getting the epidurals and the spinal tap stuff. Like my spine doesn't feel okay from that. And so I could only imagine how you have what? Three discs, four discs. I can't remember how many discs she has. There's so many that she has. I'm like, I'm like, uh, she has a chunk like this big. I have have a mechanical, like her lower, her lower back is like metal. And, it just freaks me out. I have out. a I have a mechanical disc in me. I'm like a robot in me. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And I have a donor donor bone. I've cadaver bone in me. Shit, mixed all sorts with, of shit. Mixed with um my own bone that broke. That would freak me out in its own. Just yeah. to have know that I have somebody else's bone in me and be like, ew. I well, freaked out when I had somebody else's blood in me. My dad came in took care of me afterwards and we're pretty we're pretty spiritual mm-hmm. and um he helped me handle that afterwards i could see that he's yeah. pretty great in that way he did and you know he helped me in that aspect i think that's a good key thing to stick with even with mental health is the things that you believe in in truth and spiritually whatever that may be and i think to to reach to whoever that may be to assist you would be great. Like right. I think for, for us, I'm just speaking, maybe I'll speak for me. Like we reach to our ancestors. We do. That's what we do. So, and yeah. And you know, with us, we're like fucking help us. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm like, please, I don't know what I'm doing. So in, in both mine and Jewel case, <clears throat> case all uh, w- with our mental health, mm-hmm. Hers is different than mine. Yeah. How she handles it is different 
than mine. And I will tell you this. It is not easy to get help for mental health illnesses. It is not a walk in the park. If you have tried to reach out to get help, it's really non-existent here in Portland, Oregon. Well, and I feel like, um, I mean, you know this now too, like watch out for the signs in your children too, because for me, what they were trying to diagnose me for at a young age was ADHD. And they're like, she has ADHD. She has ADHD. Oh, they were wrong. What is happening with me was trauma. I was re this was what I was doing in react to trauma that was going on. And then they tried to put her on medication, which did the opposite effect. And she tried to harm herself. Very young age. And then I ripped her off the medication and the doctors are like, why did you do this? Well, and I remember a small little portion of it, it was Brendan who saved me in that moment. He came to you and told you, but I remember going to Brendan and like, this is like really messed up. But like my little brain was saying, and I was like, I want to die. And like, I kept saying like, I'm going to do this. And like, I was like saying it and like, but like, I was like happy about it. Brendan was like, what the fuck? Like, this is not okay. And definitely he noticed it wasn't okay. And that's why he went to you and was like, mom. <laughs> so yeah, really pay attention to the youth and your children within mm-hmm. mental health too. Cause there's things that will show you signs. Yeah. And I think you really were paying attention to that. Yeah. I, I really tr- tried to pay attention. I was, uh, I worked full time. Uh, I was trying, I was trying to be a mom. I was, you know, trying to be a mom. You were you, a mom. You, you were a mom. <laughs> You know, the best that you can at a young age. And I think that's one thing is like when you're a mom, you get looked at, you have to be perfect. Yeah. You can't be doing nothing wrong. You you can't be sad. You have to be happy. (laughs) That's one thing is humans make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Humans are learning. That's important. It's important when we... We, Jewel, Sarah, what the F is lady like? When we say don't pass judgment on others, mm-hmm. one one thing that we're saying is, especially with mental health, step one, listen. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a, a supporter um, with somebody, a friend, a family member, Step one is you have to stop and listen. Mm -hmm. And when you stop and listen, that doesn't mean get the, get the information into your brain, have it filtered through and then dictate out something that is your opinion. Mm -hmm. What that means is get it into your brain, be acceptant, support, support, Acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. Mm-hmm. That is our word of the month. If you do not fully know about what your loved one, friend, mm-hmm. family member is going through, don't say something out of your mouth mm-hmm. that is ignorant, not going to help the situation. What you do is you you get that. You be positive, and then what you do is you go fucking educate yourself. Yes. You go educate yourself for your loved one, your family member, and then you can know what that person is going through. Now, not everybody with mental health illness goes through the same exact steps that we're talking about, man. And you can't look at the stereotypical bullshit, too. Right. Yeah. So all month long, we are going to be spreading awareness. We're going to be doing this to educate, to make it be a normal to talk about. And I want to leave you guys with something. And I said this to you earlier, and it's now one of my favoriteest things, like or analogies to like think about because it is truth. So I want you guys to think of a tree or a plant or a flower. Those are all living things, right? And 
they grow and bloom from their environment that they're around. And you're not going to punish that flower or that plant for not blooming if they didn't get enough sun, they didn't get enough water, they didn't get enough nutrients. You're going to blame their environment that they're around, right? So take that into case as a human being. Whatever that environment that they're in, that's how that person is going to be. Like you have to recognize as a society how we act towards other people and realize the effects that has on people. That is the same thing. Think of that literally as a plant. It's literally a living thing. We are a living thing. We are going to destroy ourselves if we don't support and accept and love and nurture each other. So until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jewel. Peace. Our show is produced by us. Our theme song is by Comeback Karma. Don't forget to like and subscribe.